Welcome to another episode of the Digital Tourism Show. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with four key industry experts, all based here in Scotland. And we will be discussing the effects COVID has had on their business during the various lockdowns, the restrictions, and what their outlook is for 2021. And we're covering many different facets of the travel space. We are covering accommodation, hospitality, tours and activities, as well as attractions. We're speaking with Bridgie Mullen of the Clydeside Distillery, Zakia Malawi-Gwiri of Invisible Cities, Deborah Mackin of East Cambusman Holiday Cottages, and Laura McKenzie of Cathedral House. So this is going to make such an interesting talk. They share their insights of what they've been doing during lockdown, how they've tried to keep their business going and what they're doing to survive and what their outlook is for 2021 and their hopes and dreams. So this is an important episode if you're in any of those spaces. So welcome to the Digital Tourism Show, episode 253. Hello, everyone. I hopefully we can hear Hi. you all. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Chris. Hi there. So I, again, thank you so much for, for joining. I appreciate you all doing this uh, and taking you know, time out uh, to, 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 to basically hopefully let people know what's happening in the industry in terms of people here in Glasgow, what's happening because of COVID restrictions. But also we have many people wa uh, watching worldwide uh, in terms of what's happening. So um, we thought this would be a great chat and I appreciate you all taking the time. So thank you so much. So what I'm going to do is start off with um, basically saying, as we all know, Glasgow specifically for those who are here in Scotland in the whole um, has followed a lot of what the rest of the UK has done in terms of going into a, a tier system. Although we have a five tier system, the rest of the UK has three tier systems. It's all getting rather confusing in terms of which system we're all in. Um, and this is obviously affecting how people travel to different areas within our own country, etc. So it's, and hopefully this chat will help maybe sort of highlight what that is and how we're going to cope with that. So, but my first question is going to be uh, to each and every one of you. And I'll ask um, Bridgine first, if you don't mind, is what's the current sort of situation with your business at the moment? Or are you operating? Uh, how is how, how, how badly has it been affected throughout the last few months and at this moment in time, Bridgine? Um, so, for the client side distillery, unfortunately, when we closed our doors in March, we didn't foresee that we would still be closed. So this is us, uh, eight months. And um, I suppose, uh, you know, it, it's been a very tough situation. It's really impacted on the whole uh, business. I mean, across the board. So our visitor attraction, we provide tours. We've got a lovely cafe, a, a well-filled stocked uh, shop and, um, and an amazing team. Um, but unfortunately, we remain closed. The two-meter rule is still in place for visitor attractions. Um, when we looked at that, it wasn't going to be viable for us to provide tours. Our well-designed attraction is, is not designed for uh, restrictions, two meters or even one meter, it's just not viable. Um, and, and again, the big challenge for us, of course, is you know our customer base. Um, we rely on everything that happens in the city and everything that comes into the city. You know, our customers are domestic, uh, national, 
you know, predominantly European and international. And so without, you know, our conferencing, without our music events, without our sporting events, um, without, you know, our university students bringing their families um, when they come to our cities, without our business events, without our group tours and travel, we've got no visitors. Um, so as you can appreciate it, it it's it's had a, a dire impact. And then we have another tier to our business and that's our evening events. Um, so of course, you know, that that's all but gone for 2020. You know, the impact, you know, it's not just us, but it's our partners, it's our suppliers, you know, our caterers, our florists, our liner companies, our AVs. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's been, been, really really tough um the positive for us though is you know the distillery has been in production and you know the team uh the small team we have there you know they've done an amazing job producing um hand sanitizer and you know that's that's a huge thing for our wee team to have done and um and getting that out to local charities but yeah it's 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 been really tough who could have foreseen it you know i i mentioned this previously i was so naive thinking this would be a few weeks um but you know the duration is um more than we could have imagined but you know it's now about looking at the future and what that's going to bring yeah I, th I think we all did think that this was just going to be some sort of like passing flu and it would be over within a few weeks and at the very start of this i don't think you're the only one i don't, I don't uh, as we spoke earlier before we came on air i don't think it's naive i think it's just what everyone thought no we didn't realize how severe this was uh, etc and you made a good point there it's, this isn't just affecting your business it's affected all the suppliers down the chain as well so it's everything from the florist all the way up to all the other businesses who use help so it's yeah it's had a massive effect Zakia, what about your what about the tourism activities side with your business? How's that been affected? For me, sorry, yes, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I guess in a similar way. Um, so we stopped. We could see because we have a lot of guests that are coming from international um, destinations and uh, students, you know, high schools, uh, but also large groups of visitors. A lot of that stopped. For us before March you know already a little bit through February we could see loads of cancellations and loads of things happening so it didn't come as a shock um, but um, we started tours again operating tours again in um, at the end of July at the start of August um, we changed slightly some of our messaging around having more locals obviously rediscover their cities um, and having families do activities together um, within their own city so to attract locals or staycation you know um, travelers um, but in terms of what it means for the business um, we have very small groups uh, very small tours operating which engages our guides well but in terms of business doesn't really generate the same amount of money or the same profit that larger tours um, brought before when it was you know groups of 20 30 school kids and um, so that's an issue I guess for us the biggest challenge was that we work and train people who have experienced different things in life and um, some of them you know all of them have experienced homelessness but some of them may have you know very poor mental health or suffer from anxiety or different you know experiences of trauma and a lot of the lockdown and a lot of this time, this year has brought back a lot of issues. 
And it's now that we're actually dealing with the consequences of that. So we see a lot of people who maybe had histories of addiction, who maybe relapsed or are finding it really, really difficult because they have a lot more time on the hands. They can't meet face to face. They can't access services the same way. So our support side, the support side of our business has been incredibly busy and it's been very intense. And yet at the same time, the business side has been really, really quiet. So it's um, trying to find that balance between the two, which um, 2020 has been all about. So yeah, challenging times indeed. Yeah, and I think you know, what you said there, the mental health side of it is such a huge issue at the moment you know, for everyone. Um, although it's no, no, not anywhere near what the, I suppose what, the, what you're going through with the, the team that you have and what they've went through in the past. But even my own family, my own daughter, for example, who's only 11, knows. I've seen her anxiety and panic attacks increase um, massively through this. You no know, thinking she would never meet her friends again and being at school and all these sort of things. And just seeing that happening to my daughter, I'm going, Christ, this is this this is affecting everyone. It's the mental health is such a huge thing at the moment. That everyone really needs to address. I think so. Um, and it's good that you're, you've got you have that support network to to deal with that. So that's really good, really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deborah, what about yourself uh, with accommodation? Are you finding um, well, been affected? Um, well, obviously you have been affected, but no, how how are you finding well, things? And um, so, for those that don't know, we've got self catering cottages by Loch Lomond, and that's just uh, you know half an hour, forty minutes from the centre of Glasgow. And a lot of our customers will do a lot of national park stuff here and use Glasgow, go to a distillery, enjoy some food in town, maybe go to one of the galleries or museums. So, you know, we're very much connected with the Glasgow market as well as having our own sort of rural tourists. Um, We are open and trading, so I'm feeling very fortunate compared to most people. But what is happening, obviously, uh, I can tell you the days, 16th and 17th of March were, at that point, (laughs) the worst days of my business tourism business life um I thought we were doing okay and then suddenly every single email and phone call was cancellations or what can we do about our bookings etc and so like everyone else we dealt with that and rescheduled people or refunded people um thinking I don't know what I thought two months three months I didn't think it'd be a couple of weeks Mm. But I didn't think, I just thought by autumn would be sorted or even by summer would be sorted. Um, and we're not. And so, yes, we have been, um, we've had bookings from people since um, July, around about the 6th to 10th of July. And we have been busy. We were busy anyway. We had bookings anyway. And all of those European visitors that were booked for this summer were not ever able to come. So, Actually, that's an awful lot of people. Those gaps largely got filled, and that's obviously good news for us. But overall, um, we're about 60% down, which I think probably compared to some other businesses is still quite good. But um, on our year's takings, we're about 60% down. The One of the difficulties for accommodation is this change in circumstances. So in Scotland today, the Parliament's been discussing the proposed five tiers and what that can mean. But, you know, things have changed um, between July and now, changed a number of times. We had to deal with the issue about not allowing uh, multiple households in accommodation. 
Now, actually, one of our cottages is four bedrooms. So for the most part, most of the bookings are from either a group of friends or a couple of families, a multi-generational family. And very rarely is that a single household. So again, another flurry of cancellations. Um, and so it's this constant change in order to stand still. So yes, we're fortunate because we've got a trading business, but it's been very hard work keeping that mm. going. Resilience is the, <laughs> the word yeah. of my view. Did you manage to, um, any of the international customers, did you manage to... Def- ask them to defer to another date are you able to do that or was it just a pure cancellation do you think Uh, a little bit of a mix of both i've got to say my european visitors have been absolutely wonderful in their conversations um unlike most uk visitors they have tried getting money from their own insurance companies uh, mainly unsuccessfully but they have tried Um, and a lot of uk customers don't see it as an insurance issue cancelling something that you know travel in the uk um we now know most insurers aren't paying out but that's they should have done yeah um the european visitors are some i've issued um for refunds to but they are hoping to come back Mm. well yes hoping yes hoping yeah and Laura, yourself, you know, you're basically in the heart of Glasgow. You have an accommodation as well, uh, as well as a hospitality space, a bar, a restaurant and everything else. So uh, yeah, I imagine you've been quite severely impacted with all the different restrictions that have come into Glasgow, especially. It's um, It's been the weirdest year for everyone I know. And, um, you know, Deborah saying 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, closing the doors throwing out all the food stock, you know, actually personally standing there and throwing away all those losses of your business was horrific, along with every cancellation, every email was a cancellation, every phone call was a cancellation, you know, it was really, really tough. Um, And obviously at that point, we didn't know about any grants or furlough or any of the positive things that then came, you know. So that that couple of weeks was horrendous. We were really lucky, um, really lucky. Um, we um, did some volunteering work with Glasgow Royal Infirmary. So every evening we would send 100 meals up to the Royal for the staff. Um, so they were getting a well-balanced um, home-cooked meal because they were working long shifts. And um, in return, the Royal actually put key workers up with us. So we managed to stay open in the accommodation side of things. And keep things going. I mean, it wasn't anything like what we anticipated we would be doing <laughs> this year. Um, we, we're a relatively new business. We'd, in March there, it was our 18-month kind of anniversary. And we'd gone through two winters and one summer. Um, so it was the worst possible time for us as a new business. But we got through to July. And um, then, again, this moving constant change um, and trying to be creative the next step was the beer gardens opening. So we had a massive kind of um, plan to get everything um, open and ready, which we did. Um, and that was phenomenal. Um, you know, we took more more um, alcohol sales in one day than we've ever taken in the 18 months prior. Um, so that, that was amazing. Um, but it's just the constant change. So right now, as of today, we have no guests in the hotel. We have Cafe Bar is now closed. We have no events and obviously the beer garden in Glasgow coming up for November is not exactly going to be somewhere that people are going to want to be. 
Um, so yeah, it's 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 really dire. You know, it's, we had 15 staff. We've now got five back on full time furlough, and the other 10 are no longer with us. So it's been devastating, and um, a, a new challenge presents itself almost every day. Mm-hmm. I think um, with with Glasgow, I think because we've been stuck in our homes for so long, I think sitting in a beer garden, no matter how cold it is, <laughs> <laughs> we probably still work quite well. To be honest, at this moment. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so yeah, in theory, we could be open. Um, we could um, have our cafe bar serving meals. Um, and um, obviously we are open for accommodation, but because you can't sell alcohol um, and we only have seven rooms um, with a very low occupancy, there would be absolutely no financial you know, benefit to us to serve one evening meal to one guest who happens to be working at the Royal Infirmary on Thursday night. Um, and the bulk of our leisure um, travel, um, they cancelled as soon as the, the restaurants were closed because they were coming to Glasgow to maybe go and eat out in a restaurant. Um, they can't go to an event, clearly. It's very restricted what they can do. But even when that benefit was taken away, there was another flurry of cancellation. So we thought we were doing okay. And then, of course, as the legislation changes or as the guidelines change, everything changes, you know, for the business. So... Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So I'll actually I'll come to you first, Laura. Uh, Laura, uh, what was your what was your hopes for twenty twenty? What was what was what was meant to happen in twenty twenty in your in your plans that you had at the start of the year? And everybody gets into January, think, okay, this is what I'm going to do yeah. for twenty twenty. You know, what 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 was what was you were hoping to going to happen? So we were really excited because, as I said, we've been 18 months, um, you know, we took a hotel which was 95 out of 97 on TripAdvisor in Glasgow and we managed to get it into the top 15 hotels in the city. So we were absolutely, all the hard work was done. We were launching the beer garden at Easter weekend, which we can see 80 people in, um, not socially distanced, clearly not now, we have 50, but um, we can see that 80 people outside we completely refurbished that we were finishing off our last remaining room with one room to refurbish we were putting a wee bit more extra work into the event space and the diary was full it was full for events every um, Sunday and Saturday in May was a communion we had weddings we had tour groups we had um, musical events we had theatre events you know, for the first time I really was looking at my business and thinking right we're turning the corner here all the hard work that we've put into this point is now going to, you know, reap the rewards. Um, the, the Euros, um, the football was um, on and room rates in Glasgow were really high. And um, and the, the, main, the main kind of um, thing that was amazing was there was a climate conference in November, which was 10 days um, of rooms being completely fully booked at, you know, three, four times the rate that you would normally charge. So there was all these different events and different things happening in the city, along with us really coinciding with us having built our business to a level. The Glasgow um, Life, really interesting, putting all the travel bloggers up with us. We had a bit of media coverage. Um, and, yeah, it was the year that Cathedral Heights was going to really be on the map um, for Glasgow as a real um, unique place to stay, a unique place to eat and drink and to visit. Um, and yeah, probably I think worse from that point of view because we were right on the cusp of kind of 
you know, making a real success of it. Um, but, you know, uh, well, I keep saying everyone's in the same boat, but people keep saying to me, well, everyone's on the same sea, but some people are in bigger boats. <laughs> so, that's, um, that's a good analogy. I, yeah, I, I keep saying things to myself and I think, well, that's not actually true because, you know, we have been impacted way more than the people who make masks or um, hand sanitizers, for example. Um, so we're not all in the same boat as such, but, you know, it's difficult times for us all. And we were really, really optimistic about 2020. And, um, yeah, they would never have predicted it. And certainly Bridgine didn't think it was going to be for this length of time either. You know, we thought we would have recovered in the summer or, or autumn at the latest. And now, genuinely... I heard someone on the radio today saying that it would be three years before the um, city hotel market in Scotland recovers. So they were talking about well, Glasgow, Edinburgh and Aberdeen. Yeah, they, sort of when you look at the stats and when you look at experts and polls and everything else, they're saying to, there's two sides, if you're optimistic or pessimistic. Um, uh, if you're optimistic, to get back to sort of 2019-ish levels, you're talking... 20 end of 2021 start of 2022 um if you're pessimistic it's probably going to be 2023 2024 so that's yeah. that's what they're saying but again no one has a crystal ball we can all, all we can do is keep doing what we're doing and the hope that something will come out some sort of vaccine will come out sooner rather than later obviously that will take time to, to distribute amongst the world but yeah. that's that's all we need to wait wait for and hope for so so deborah what about yourself what was your Aspect I remember as far back as the beginning of the year, it seems forever ago. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you in a little bit of similar way to Laura, but entirely different business. 2020, uh, we had the best uh, value advanced bookings we have ever had. So back in January, looking at the year ahead, we had some superb bookings, um, quite a large number of Europeans, more than we've ever had before. Uh, a couple of years ago, we invested in a new website. And like most active business owners, you're constantly looking to improve, check your offers good, um, not just in terms of pricing, but engaging and collaborating with local activity providers, knowing exactly what's what with restaurants and places to visit. So we've put a lot of effort in over the years. And I really felt back in January, yeah, this is looking good. We've done well over the years, but this year was looking really, really good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's where we were at at the beginning of the year. I think of my positive days, I'm still constantly looking at what we can do to make things work for people, what we can do to give people confidence to book now or ne for next year. Um, I'm waiting to understand what happens with self-catering accommodation between now and the end of this year. So I've still got bookings, but <laughs> bit by bit, they're having to cancel because of different restrictions in different places. So, you know, we were looking very good. I'm still we're still fine. We will still be here the next year. But uh, we've got a local wedding venue that has ceased trading for next year. Um, I understand they will restart in 2022, but they have declared next year as a non-trading year. So they've been wow. refunding brides and grooms and bridal parties. But actually, again, even though it's for next year, I'm now having cancellations for next year because of this particular wedding business going bomb. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So Kia, what about yourself? How, what was your hopes and dreams for 2020 before all the madness started? I think like everybody else, looking really bright and, and um, lovely. And, and it resonates with us because um, one of the things I've been trying to say as a social enterprise, you know, we were able to maybe access support um funding but also you know mentoring and loads of different things that other businesses may not have been able to do so that's lucky in a way but um I've been trying to explain to people within the sector that it's not only the bookings that are not happening right now it's also all those um operators that would send groups to us or people to us that no longer exist in 2021 and onwards that we had contracts with or people who would send, you know, travelers off the cruise liners or, you know, things like that, that we can no longer rely on. And even though we had confirmed bookings with them, you know, so we um, we started in 2016 in Edinburgh. But I always say that our first year was really 2018 in terms of real trading and 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 having enough people on tours. The first two years we were trying to find our seat and it, uh, our feet, sorry, and it was a a side hustle, you know, for a lot of us, and we didn't even have a team. Um, and so in Glasgow, the tour started in November 2018. So last year was a massive year where we invested a lot. I invested a lot in building a team. Um, so and hiring people to be able to support our guides, our trainees, you know, and and I had a look at our accounts and our different um, costs and things actually a couple of days ago and that's a that was a massive investment to do and to make and and because we wanted to grow so this year was meant to be the best year to date and and the one when the you know the fruit of that could um be visible and and we could um grow really so all of uh, this year has has put a, a stop to this and it was also the year that we started expanding to other areas in the UK but also in um and in Scotland as well, and and all of that uh, has had to be put on hold. So we were going to launch Invisible Cardiff, for example, um, in April um, this year. So that this, this hasn't happened, obviously, and and it's um, it's unsure whether it will happen next year because, again, we work with people that are responsible for emergency responses when things like COVID happen. So when you're having to put people off the streets and, and feed them and house them, organizing walking tours sometimes can seem as a secondary um, goal. So it's having the impact has been that we've had to rethink of a lot of things that we do and, and, and how we operate and maybe grow um, a bit more locally and, and from every place that we're already at as opposed to try and go to other cities but uh, yeah for us it was you know the the best year to date and yet it hasn't um been in a bit like what Deborah was saying we we will be okay and um we're still here and I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that we are and we have um and that's thanks to customers you know who've been wanting to support and and uh, book again and have friends book again, you know, that type of thing or buy gift cards or all the things that we did. But also because we are a social enterprise and we were able to receive some funding from um, the Scottish government in particular to kind of look after our own people. But 
Um, in terms of business, I think once we're into the new year, I see that fade away as well. Like a lot of the support that I've st I saw at the very start of lockdown in particular now is no longer here. Um, even for us who were able to access anything. And I know a lot of businesses within the sector haven't really felt the space where they can fit in. I've heard a lot of people say, well, we don't qualify for this. We don't qualify for that. We don't qualify. We don't know where we qualify because we're a one woman band running a tour and, you know, or um, I'm organizing events that that doesn't really fit. So I can't even imagine what the situation is for them when, when they haven't had um, the support. But for us in any way, we'll be there um, next year with big changes, I think, and, and definitely stopped growing the team, which... Um, which for me was a big thing into 2020 and 2021. And unfortunately, you know, um, I think we'll have to put a stop to this. But thankfully, we haven't had to put anyone, you know, in, and to, um, to to have anybody made redundant. And, and that's a massive win, I think. And, um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll we take one day at a time, like a lot of people, I think. Yeah, no, it's good to hear that you've not managed to not had to make anyone redundant that's great great to hear especially from the type of people that you help as well so that's that's really good to hear what yeah, yourself, and, what was your, oh sorry Zakia, what were you going to say no, no, and i think yeah i think for us um that's um even yeah even more not more important but um i think a lot of people were freaked out and and i see a lot of people being made redundant in the industry and in every industry um and that's a thank a great a great position to be in oh for sure what about yourself, Bridgie? What was your hopes and dreams for 2020 before all oh, this? 2020 was going to be another great year. You know, we're a, we're a relatively young attraction. You know, we opened our doors in November 2017. And uh, so next month will be our three-year anniversary. Um, we had a really strong January and February. You know, we're sitting... Um, we, we were very comfortable going to achieve the forecast that we had set. And that, that was to be 20% up on last year. And actually, as a new business, you know, we're in that growth of year-on-year -year growth. Um, you know, we had uh, so many more uh, group bookings in the diary. Um, advanced booking was really strong into the year. Um, our evening events business, again, really, really strong. So, yeah, we're very optimistic. And then we also had, um, you know, very much, I think, the key in, in, in anything is collaborations. But we had um, we had a joint offering with Glasgow City Sightseeing, uh, a joint ticket tour. Um, we had a new offering going out with the Red Bus Bistro. You know, so we had new things as well coming to the market as well as other new partnerships. And our team had grown last year. And, and again, you know, we, we would have been but growing that team again uh, this year. And, you know, the hopes were, you know, that the city, the business coming in city was very strong from conferencing events. Mm -hmm. And, of course, really looking forward to what COP26 was going to, to bring to us um, as well. And then 2020 was also about, um, you know, getting ready. Um, for our whiskey cask that had been filled in December 2017 um, will be uh, three years of maturing, you know, so getting ready for that new product um, hitting the market next year. So, you no, know, really ambitious, but as a business, you know, we are ambitious um, and, you know, want to keep growing and developing. Um, that's not happened. It's most definitely on hold. 
Um, but for for future, it is it's about those collaborations, reigniting them, and um, and grow again. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't say it better myself. Do do any of these have any any optimism for twenty twenty one? Do you think it's going to be more of the same, or do you think it's going to improve? Um, how do you all see twenty twenty one panning out? I'll come to Deborah first. Um, yep, yeah, I'm happy to. I want to be optimistic about it. So most of the time I am. Every now and again, I'll be driving, listening to someone on the radio and hit a great big gloom. Oh, it's doom and gloom. Yeah. However, one of the positives of this summer, I have had guests and I have seen people around Loch Lomond who have not previously chosen this area as a holiday destination. So they might have been going to a, a European resort or mm-hmm. something like that. And they have rethunk, rethunk, adding <laughs> their holiday ideas. And they've come and they've had a great time. Mm-hmm. So they might have done water activities on the loch. They might have had some really lovely food. They might have gone into Glasgow, gone to a distillery, gone to one of the ones locally to us as well. Um, they will have come into town. They've gone to some of Glasgow's great museums. They can go and have a day in Edinburgh or Stirling or explore the West Coast. So there's been a lot of people who I hope and I trust will come back, not just in 2021, but for other holidays in years mm-hmm. to come because they've explored something that they've not I know, maybe not thought of before. So mm-hmm. I hope to see some of those people directly again. And I hope our area and our industry sees them again, whether it's for their main holiday or a subsidiary holiday through the year. I want people to book with confidence. I want January to be really good for bookings. Uh, you know, for the year ahead, I want all of us as best we can in the circumstances to try and collectively boost our morale and go for it now mm-hmm. i'm not naive i think this is going to go on unfortunately longer than any of us really want to but i want people to have to prepare for the places that they come and visit there are a few issues not just in rural areas of people just suddenly coming out leaving their rubbish everywhere um mm. and not caring for the places they visit whether that's Kelvin Grove Park in Glasgow, Finnick Glen, Devil's Pulpit out here, coastal areas. Um, And it's not always about national parks or rangers to manage that. It's about individuals to take responsibility for the places they visit. So, Mm. yeah, I I want to feel optimistic. Sometimes I don't feel optimistic about it, but I tend to err on the, come on, let's go for it. Let's do the best we can. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Now, you you made a good point. Now, I've, I've got friends um, who have family out in Ballyhoolish, so they go out there quite a lot. And unfortunately, they're seeing, you mentioned there about not keeping the place tidy and things like that. They're seeing a big issue with that of people coming in and just dumping things and leaving, leaving tents and everything else, just because, especially groups of, hate to say, younger people, because they can't go to other places. So they all congregate in a particular area, pretty much destroy mm-hmm. it and then leave again sort of thing. So it is, it is a big issue, especially for the further north you go, or people just trying mm-hmm. to escape and go somewhere. So that's something we need to look at, look out for, for sure. But on the positive side, it's having people travel within their own location or visiting places, you know, actually discovering 
Scotland and they're not and actually mm-hmm. seeing how beautiful it is and they've never done that. I know so many people who have hardly left Glasgow or, or Edinburgh who have not been that far north at all. Uh, maybe Loch Lomond's as far north as they've been, but going further again, it's just been able to open their eyes to what's actually on the doorstep mm-hmm. and one way is it being the positive side of it, I think. So, for sure. What about yourself, Zakia? Is there anything you think is going to be optimistic for 2021? Yeah, I think um, to go back to something Bridget said, I think collaboration gives me a lot of hope and optimism for the future because if one thing it's made us think, what the hell can I do? What, you know, how, what other things can I push or um, how can we work together now that the world is a bit different? And and um, I've seen that a lot during um, the year and, and I think into the next year and, and trying to develop, you know, new ideas um, and not only for us but you know we've had a lot of approaches from businesses that I think otherwise wouldn't have had the time to kind of look at that because you're busy running your day-to-day but all of a sudden you have set the time to think of other things and um, so yeah that gives me optimism and for us sorry I have a really bad cat who's like completely (laughs) mental so it's making a a bit of a mess right in front of me that way so um but yeah we for example developed a subscription box for little travelers so for young kids to discover different countries throughout the year and be able so of course we started with Scotland um but I look at that because for us it was a way to stay engaged have people work and also have a product that we can sell should we go back into lockdown again or you know for international travelers to be able to buy as a gift. And I always use this, this example. It came about because we had the time and, and, and the mind space to do that. And I see a lot of um, optimism and, and a lot of people are going that direction. And that fills me with hope. Um, and I think like, um, depends what day of the week it is. Some other days it's very doom and gloom. And when you see there's no booking and then that's quite um difficult people are still a bit scared to book activities i think um and i'm still a bit scared to book activities so you know i can totally understand that um but even uh, we were talking a little bit about that before conferences which for us um it was a big thing and and for me sometimes to speak at and those are starting to come back people are still planning ahead you know and saying right in 2021 i will book this event in March and that event in whatever, and then see what happens. So, because I, I I guess, what's the alternative to stop and not do anything anymore, you know, and, and be on pause. So I think, um, yeah, collaboration will get us through um, a lot, I think, and it's made us very resilient and, and, and a lot more connected, which I think we can all say is a positive, um, part of what this year has been if only online and you know and and be on the phone a lot more to the people we love but also to be in touch a lot more I've never spoken to as many people in the industry as I have during lockdown and during this period and it's made me a lot closer to a lot of partners and a lot of things and so I think we will continue that way and hopefully take the good side of that into um into 2021 and onwards you know and keep working on like that and and to go back to what I was saying about you know sometimes mental health and well-being of our guides I think that's also something we'll take with us is to check on each other a bit more uh, because we have seen how difficult it's been for everyone 
through this period of uncertainty and 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 illness and difficulties and doom and gloom i think um in my team for example it's you know it's very high on the agenda every day to check with each other how we're doing and if we're a bit depressed or a bit you know positive or pessimistic or whatever so and i and i think this is something as a way of working um we will take with us as well and and that's a, a positive um consequence of it all yeah you made a good point there. I, I i and i got to agree with you i think if there is one positive that comes out of covid is not just the travel industry, uh, but everyone in general. I think it will make us a lot more connected with everyone else, um, because just because we, we in travel, we all there is no such thing as a competitor, in my opinion. That we all need to help each other out. We all need to make sure this industry survives, and we all get through it and everything else. So the the amount of conversations you can have with people, the amount of connections you can make, partnerships you can make, it's just going to benefit everyone in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it will make us a, a much more connected and. Uh, industry going forward um so yeah so laura about yourself do you what, what do you think's 2021 holds for yourself so i'm i'm kind of listening on and, and just thinking the word collaboration has been used um by by everyone i think um and we should have been announcing um last week that we were about to have a pop-up with a really famous glasgow restaurant at cathedral house starting on the 30th of November. So obviously with the current situation, that's not happening, but that's what we've decided to look at. We've decided to look at our product and to decide what areas um, do we need some help with. And if we can bring in an operator who's got a name, a following, a reputation, and they can pop up at Cathedral House. We did a wee bit of it during the summer, um, just with a kind of street food vibe in the beer garden, and it worked really well. Um, so we, I was hoping that tonight I could tell everyone who it is and what's happening, but um, it has to stay a secret for now, just in case. Um, but, you know, that's what we are looking at. We're looking at our cafe bar. That's a, a brilliant restaurant space for a, an already established business. Rather than us trying to establish a business there, if we can bring someone in that is already established, already has a following, already has... Um, an amazing reputation, great social media, then we can both work together to make Cathedral House work. Um, our event space, again, is a space that's got the best views in Glasgow, in my opinion, the Necropolis or Cathedral. You know, that space is currently lying empty. It's it's awful. You know, we need to think of a creative way to use that space. And maybe something to do with whiskey regime, who knows? Um, or some kind of shop or, you know, because people should come and see that space so that they can see the amazing views within Glasgow. So for us next year, uh, yes, I'm optimistic. It's all about collaboration. Um, it is all about trying to just be creative and it's all about adapting to the change that we see around us, you know, not even weekly or monthly, but like daily. And mm-hmm. the, the, the corporate travellers are not coming back. Zoom has taken over the world. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's going to minimise. Um, we're going to have to concentrate on staycations, leisure travellers, and, you know, maybe putting some kind of packages together so people feel really safe that they're going and they're doing a tour and then they're going to the whiskey and then they're, you know, going up to Loch Lomond or, and you kind of, you know, do all the work for people. I think that that will help. But mm-hmm. I just, I've fallen in love with Cathedral House. I know it's an old baronial haunted house that was built in 1896, but um, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I need to stay positive and be optimistic. 
And bridging, I, I, I assume you'll be looking to hopefully release your whiskey in 2021. What was your, yes, what was your, what and, you yeah, and how we are counting down to it now. I mean, to, to be honest, I, I'm an optimistic person by nature. My glass is always half full. Maybe not uh, the great way to be in the, in the climate we have been in. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a horrendous year, but we have to look to the future. Um, you know, we are fortunate. Uh, we do have a new product hitting the market. Um, for me, it's, it is, uh, you know, it's about restart, relaunch, get those doors open again. And what that looks like, we don't know. Um, uh, but as, as it stands, it will happen. You know, there's a lot to be said about um, our people um, and how we rely on people to bring us business. You know, and, and it's these these partnerships and working with the hotels, the concierges, the the salespeople. You know, the the chauffeur drive companies. Um, you know, we have brand evenings, individuals who come along to these. You know, I can't wait to see these people again. And you know, we're going to see them in 2021. Um, and, and I'm not naive. It's, it's going to be tough, but we have to we have to find what that new normal is, and um, and you know we have to just um, take our time, be patient, and it will come back and it it will grow. Um, and and I think once we see everything else open up in the city, you know, then we'll all see the benefits of it. And next year, you know, we've had great collaborations set up that were stalled. We're going to push them forward and we'll get more set up as well. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for customers. Laura said, you know, the the packages where you really are are taking the hassle out of it for the customer, you know, that, that's key. And, and we need to do more of that as well. Mm. So uh, we'll have a chat afterwards. <laughs> There you go. That's, this is what I love about travel, myself. There's business happening already, even in a live chat. So that's what's great. This, this is what it's all about. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've got one sort of, sort of final question before I go to the, the people watching, the viewers, if they've got any questions. So if you do have any questions, anyone who's watching or, or listening, please do comment on the various platforms and we'll, we'll get to them as soon as we can. So in terms of... You know, Part of me is thinking, no, we're go we just we just have to live with COVID um, safely, obviously, but we just have to live with it, get on with our lives. We can't be in lockdown or have restrictions on our lives forever. No, it, it just can't happen. You know, the, the world just won't. But we'll stop spinning if we if, if, we, if we were to do that. Um, but if you guys had, what, what's your guys' thoughts on that? If you if you had Boris Johnson or Nicola Sturgeon in front of you, what would you say to them? Uh, and keep it as clean as you can. Uh, what's your answer? But there we go. Um, if, if you could, if, if if you had them in front of you, what would you say you think could make things better or easier for the industry? Or if, if you had one question to ask, what would that be? Uh, I'll come to yourself, Laura, first for that one. Um. Oh, it's, it's really difficult because you know I do admire many of the things that they have done. Um, I wouldn't want to be in their position for a start. But the frustrating thing for me is, you know, as um, as far as I'm concerned, we're their customers as such, if I think about it in, in my terms. And I think that the way that they communicate and kind of make it political for me sometimes just drives me insane. Um, we need to keep it simple. We need to, if we need to lock down for X amount of time, then let's do that. And 
I think I just find the whole communication and the fact that now Wales is different from Scotland is different from Aberdeen is different from, you know, it's now getting to the ridiculous stages and people are very confused. Um, and I think if people were told to, I would just want them to, A, be honest, B, communicate out what they think the reality is and stop hiding things and then announcing them. Um, and and see, please don't make it political. Can you just think about the health and welfare of the country and the economy of the country second? I mean, health and welfare first. And we're not stupid, but um, I feel sometimes we are treated a wee bit that way. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. the media and the politics and everything is getting in the way of what is a very difficult time. But I think sometimes they can make it a wee bit more difficult rather than, than easier for us all. Yeah, I I actually think that they hold back too much at the moment. I think they, they should have just came out and says, look, okay, we're doing these little restrictions here and there, things are closing up. I think they should just come out and say, look, we're going to be in this for 18 months. No one's actually really yeah. came from the government and says, this is going to, this is going to be mm-hmm. for the long haul. This is, this is going exactly. to be hard, hard for everyone. Um, and I think they just need to be that honest with everyone, to be honest. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people, I was in a webinar last night as well uh, for Arrival. And uh, I was doing a, 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 a couple of chats on a, a wine tourism webinar as well um, in Italy. And I mentioned about 18 months being a possibility of before things really improve. And I had a few comments saying, really, 18 months? No, people just don't realise how long that yeah. could be affected. So mm-hmm. I think we just need to come out and be honest with everyone and say so. Um, Deborah, what about yourself? What would your question be to them both? Quite interesting. I would absolutely um, like to have a rant. Um, I don't mean to be rant right, away. But, <laughs> no, because no, I think um, as a small business owner, and it might apply to bigger businesses too. For most politicians, they have had no experience and have little knowledge about how a business works. Um, And that has presented problems. It probably presents problems all year, every year, to be quite honest. But it is emphasised when, um, you know, we've all we're all struggling. Um, I think Laura's absolutely right. I wouldn't wish to be in their position. I think there has been a massive um, inconsistency on messaging and comms. I'll say particularly from Westminster. I'm a stats person. I'm good with data. So I think having a clear tier system or a clear bunch of rules is really important. It's really important for everyone in the public to understand what they are and not constantly try and find the loopholes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the main thing for business from the politicians, you actually need to know what your exit strategy is from this, not just how you get into tier three, two, one, whatever. It's how you get out of that. And if that's a three-month thing, a 12-month thing, who knows? Actually being honest about the time frame or the criteria that gets you in or out of a bunch of restrictions will make it easier for people to plan. And I'd say for hospitality particularly, but also for accommodation, we're here in Scotland it's a Tuesday. The rules change next Monday, but we don't know what they are. So do pubs, hotels, people uh-huh. who provide food, do they order in for next Monday? Do they not? It's very difficult for the whole supply chain. So 
yeah, exit strategy would be my top request as to how mm. we're going to move out of this. Yeah, you make a good point there. It's 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 leaving things to the last minute, not informing people because you say, you know, you have to order things in, or if you do order mm -hmm. them in, well, they go to waste, and it's that is such a big issue at the moment. You know, it's what well, a lot even, of people don't realise. Just with accommodation. Mm. So if I've got someone arriving on Monday, right just now they legally can arrive. If someone tells me Friday that the rules have changed again, do I have to cancel them? You know, mm. it's just not great. Yeah, Bridging mm -hmm. yourself. Oh you gosh, it could it could be a wee while. It could be a conversation. Obviously, social distance. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, tackle what what Laura says. I I think there has been um, politicians have been guilty of politicising this, and you know, people, community, businesses to to come to the fore. Um, well, support has been great. It's it's you know it it sort out the support. It's not a um, a one fund fits all, um, and that, that that's because you know we look at our events industry. We look at you know all the suppliers that I know, and and too many people have not had that support. Mm -hmm. And um, and and to be honest, the other thing is like switch on your listening ears. There's real experts around them, but more importantly, there's phenomenal people feeding into our governments who are you know individuals who are taking on roles that are beyond what they you know had had expected their roles to be who are communicating with our politicians listen to them because they're advising them what the businesses actually need and um you know and and, and i think when you when you look at the talent who's feeding into to government listen most definitely um and I suppose the other one, I suppose, you know, when we look at the long term and how do we get people again, you know, sort out the testing, get testing coming in, coming out of Scotland. Okay. You know, these things is, is are, you know, really key. And and then we also have to be compelling when we're coming out of this. You know, we want Scotland to be right. We are we're going to Scotland, uh, but we, we, we want to be able to compete internationally. You know, so look at the airport duty. You know, that's been lobbied. You know, again, listen listen to them and and do the right thing maintain maintain the VAT cuts you know give people a chance to build back up again but all of this is, is is not information that hasn't been fed through so mm -hmm. yeah listen yeah can't agree with Zakia yourself I don't know what else I can say after this sometimes I feel like I don't understand the information and then I can only imagine, I don't feel, I don't feel any of this is really accessible to people maybe who's for, for whom English is a second language or who may have other difficulties in life. And, and it feels to me that um, there's a massive lack of understanding how even business works, like you were saying uh, before, or how everything is interconnected. Um, and so, you know, even shutting down on a Friday night for a Monday, how that's going to be effective. And at the same time, if the agenda is to um, look after, you know, sustainability or, you know, food or whatever. And I just think um, get rid of the confusion by talking to the people who are at the heart of um, of of the industry and who do the business day to day. I saw something um earlier on of a, of a restaurant doing a wee protest at Scottish Parliament by having an outdoor um, dining, you know, putting the tables and having dinner on the esplanade. And I think, you know, how sad is it that we have to do this? Mm. Um, 
or to put ice in front of the parliament for you to realize that it's not only the pub that's going to be having issues, but it's every supplier down the chain and the guy who provides the ice as well. You know, I just think there's a lot of things like that. And it seems to me that it's not connected at all. You know, like we were just saying that we feel a lot more connected as individuals, as professionals within the industry. And yet there's a divide between that and, and what our government um, does or says. And I think, yeah, listen and, and, um, and and action what people say but also make it so that you know the communication part you were saying Laura is super important because I don't think I'm a stupid um person and so if I find it really hard and like I have to be the one that explains to others and I already don't know what's going on um I can't imagine you know what people who are already maybe a bit confused because of other challenges must feel like and that doesn't breed for very healthy people businesses to go back to later on when we're able to um and also collaboration again you know some countries do it um in a different way or in a better way or you know i think um i i had some families some family issues so i had to travel to france um recently and the tracking system or the way, you know, the the kind of accountability for people when you are there is so much different than what it is in Scotland when I returned. And I thought, is that it? Is that what you want from me to say, yeah, I'll sign in this form and maybe I'll stay in? You know, that literally was my experience at the airport. Um, a lovely gentleman saying to me, you know, you have to stay in, right? And I said, yes, of course. And that was it. So I just think, you know, there are practical things we can do right now by following example of others um, or by listening into advice or coming together, you know, and, and have a unified, not only for Scotland, but for other countries, you know, to come and do that together. And I think, why are we not um, doing this? Because I understand some things take time or maybe more difficult to implement. But um, my feeling is that some things that may be clearer, and on the short term, like actionable right now can be done. And I feel frustrated that they're not. So, um, yeah, that would be my added point, I guess. That's a good point you make. It really is a very good point. Um, and, and all your points have been fantastic. And it's along the sort of lines that I would approach them and say to them as well. And I think there needs to be more clarity. And there does seem to be a disconnect between what the government thinks and says compared to what's happening in, on, with the boots on the ground and the businesses and everything else. It's, it's, there's no cohesion. Um, they have done a lot of good things, as Laura says, no bringing in furlough schemes and the grants and everything else. No, we've My own business has taken uh, some of them as well and it's helped massively and everything else. So on one side, they have done some great work and the other side's we need clarity. We need to, we need that plan. We need to know as 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 Deb was saying, the exit strategy. You know what's what's is going to happen mm -hmm. uh, going forward. Now, what 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 are we going to be like this time next year or or whatever? So it's there needs to be some sort of plan. Uh, in any good business, you plan ahead and as much as as best as you can. And we don't from from what I'm seeing, we don't seem to have that plan at all from any of the governments, to be honest. So um, it just all seems to be reactive rather than looking ahead. So. Mm -hmm. Personally, but well, I see a couple of questions. I know I've taken up a lot of your time, but I see a couple of questions coming in. Um, we'll, if you don't mind, we'll go through them. So, a, a quick one from uh, Tina to Zakia: um, How, uh, when you do run tours, or how, when you were able to run tours, how how did that? How was the sort of maximum group size affected? Did you have to reduce that, or did you have small groups anyway? So, it wasn't really affected. How how was that impacting your business? 
Yeah, yeah, we've reduced massively, uh, we've reduced groups, but also the safety measures I was going to say, you know, to have um, safe distancing in place and and protective equipment for our guides and asking customers, even though we're outside, you know, to all wear masks and things like that. It took so long for everybody to understand and to actually, you know, do all the time. And, and it required a lot of practice of us going and meeting outside as a team, you know, as a, as a two or as a three or whatever, because just... For me, the self, the distance is um, is a thing with a lot of our guides because um, they just because of who they are and they wouldn't understand why. What do you mean safe distancing? What does it mean? How how, how far do I have to stand? And then you can't hear me and I can hear you. And I think it's the practicalities of that. And um, so now we operate yeah two households and we have very 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 small groups right now or um, usually you know who's a threes or fours when it's one single family or one single booking and that's it and our guide. Um, and we do a lot of tours that are done in a business way simply for the sake of our guides being able to tour. So generate an income and stay engaged and stay busy. And um, because for a lot of them, it's a routine that gets installed and that's something to do outside of the house or outside of wherever they're staying. So um as long as we can cover, you know, our minimum cost of um, of of them getting paid, and, and then we will go ahead. But we're not, you know, we're not accepting um, larger parties. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much the same as everyone. I think I think everyone's having to reduce their group sizes mm -hmm. and everything else. So um, I know you dropped out there, Bridget. I'm glad you came back. So next questions for yourself. <laughs> um, one from Frank, um, who's one of our guys who comes along to a lot of our travel masses uh, when we can do these live. Um, are you looking to do any virtual tours for the Clydeside Distillery? And uh, and when do you think you may reopen again in 2021? Is that? Yeah, we we have we've actually um, done a an internal version of our virtual tours uh, and. Uh, that, that, that's something that we have been working on. Um, with regard to opening, our aim is we'll open for Easter, um, Easter next year. And, uh, and that, that's when we're working towards the, the early, early April, 1st of, of April. And, and with regard to virtual, you know, we have done um, for corporate clients who got in contact, you know, we did a, a small number of virtual tastings um which have been been very well received you know the the key thing is is about what what does next year look like getting ready for that because one of our challenges at the minute is what are we planning for the two meter rule is still in place um you know and but but on the flip side we do have have a, a potential plan of what that could look like next year but um, we will be opening for easter I'll keep everything yeah. crossed <laughs> for sure. Uh, what, what things that, I, I don't know what the, the rules are here in, in terms of, of um, distributing out alcohol to or you know, sending it to people within Scotland and stuff like that. So forgive me, but um, what one company who uh, I know of in Belgium, uh, for example, they are she does virtual tours um for beer tasting but what she does is she has sends out the beer in a box to those within her area because it's all domestic to, out to the people so they can still be online taste the actual beer she'll talk them through the history of it the notes everything else do you think that's something that you guys could do with the whiskey for example when you launch the whiskey if you still had to do virtual tours yeah. you be able to do that side of it as well 
yeah, most definitely. Again, like anything, once you have your own product, um, you know, we know other other um, whiskey distilleries who are doing virtual tours, and and it and it's a great it's a great thing to be able to get their products out there, and you know, and and these can be uh, distributed to um, Europe, and um, and it's a great way to engage with your audience, and um, but yeah, I mean that that is that that's most definitely something for for next year, depending on how things look that from a virtual point of view um you know once we have a product we've got capacity to really do so much more with that yeah and i can say that um the the product itself is um is is tasting exceptional i'm I'm lucky enough to have had the sneak taste along the way of maturation Um, so again the release will will tie in with our reopening and um, and we'll be selling that from our shop at the distillery. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to taste it myself. <laughs> so this is a, a question from Peter Trowles, who was one of our past guests. Um, this is for everyone. Um, given the so-called staycations, uh, are we likely to uh, I would like to be in the only glimmer of hope for Scottish tourism in the short to medium term. What do Scottish, uh, Scotland, sorry, big cities in particular have to do to replace their previous reliance on international corporate and events-driven businesses? What, what do we need to do to change things, do you think? I mean, I, I think from a, a city point of view it, it and uh, the sort of more, more rural um, locations it's it's quite different um and a, and a big challenge i see for glasgow is you know from the initial restrictions introduced you know that had an instant um catastrophic impact on those businesses that were opened where it'd been mentioned the cancellations had has happened the the key thing is is consumer confidence and that's something that has decreased and i think it's really important to 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 um, see that increase in consumer confidence. It's about the right messaging going out, you know, because even as things are, I have friends in Edinburgh who are assuming Glasgow is open, you know, so we we need to, to, to get that messaging out. I mean, as we stand at the moment, the numbers are going up. We know there's further changes happening. But I think when the time is right to, to start again, we need to get that positive messages out uh, that it's safe to travel. You know, we have our Glasgow taxis and what they've put in place um, as, and not just to, to name Glasgow taxis, we work very closely, but, but many others, you know, from what the transportation have put in place um, what our city sightseeing had put in place, all of this was really good and they have assessed it and had good practices in place. So I, I, I think the key is consumer confidence and and that that messaging of coming out and visiting our cities again uh, because i think that's the biggest challenge yeah anyone else got anything to add to that or no? i think it's right so I think... <laughs> deborah you go first <laughs> i think it's right that uh, obviously i am rural but within 40 minutes of the center of glasgow um, I think it's right that cities have a different problem to face. A lot of people uh, post-lockdown, post the main lockdown, felt more comfortable coming to rural areas because of the space around. Now, in fact, some rural areas were probably busier than Glasgow city centre or Edinburgh city centre. They have the same problems. And so it is what Laura mentioned earlier about packaging 
And it is exactly what Brigine says about messaging and for tourism businesses to state very clearly on their websites what they are doing to make their customers safe, because not everyone is communicating that. And we would like that comms to happen at a national level or regional level, but it also has to come from individual businesses. So, you know, we need to build the confidence and we really need to do that for 21. Mm-hmm. Guys, I, I I can't thank you all enough for for taking the time. I know we've probably run over the time we were thinking. Uh, it, was, it was expected. I imagine there was a lot of heartfelt chat and discussions and everything else coming from this. So I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you've all got businesses to run, whether it's in COVID or not, and um, we're all busy. So if, if anything, I actually find that because of COVID, we're actually busier than, than ever. No, we're, we're having to work harder for the sales. We're having to work harder to make things to make sure we survive um uh, uh we're working longer hours uh, from home and everything else so uh, again appreciate the time you're all taking and uh, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully at some point we can get all of us around again actually in front of an audience and doing this chat and and, and being a bit more optimistic about how things are going to pan out next year and uh just hoping that that can happen sometime soon <laughs> yeah, yeah so thanks yeah so thanks again thanks um, so much oh, thanks for having us i think that's um yeah really inspiring just to, to see other people in other you know in the same industry but yet this you know different bits of it and i always feel like we're different but the same so it's always quite nice to feel like super connected again so yeah. very valuable thank you i appreciate that thank you